Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. When we're talking about Sealing God's People, well, on the 19th of January, 2019, we had a visitation from the Lord. I hadn't slept in a couple of nights. We got through preaching there with the Maasai Tribal Church in Transamera, Kenya, Africa. And the Lord visited us. There's about a two-hour visitation. There's many things that envisions there. But the bottom line, the Lord spoke, As I send the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Now that is the bottom line. Those statements there changed our focus of our ministry. We know it's the last of the last days. Any minister that has any idea in eschatology, then he knows that if we are in the last of the last days. However, when he says, as I send the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, and the east is the RMD, the work of the Holy Ghost, it is that 12 squared. We realize that we are at the season of tabernacles in the end of time. That there's a final sealing of the saints of God, not in the newborn babies. That's already happened. That after you've received the word of God, then you have in that first stage of growth, in that first stage of glory, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. But there are other levels of glory. So you go from the newborn babes, born of the water and the spirit, to little children. That's another sealing. It's progressive. And as long as we walk in that light, as he's in the light, then we are in the present truth in the preceding word of God and uh, therefore what working and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will in the present season in the proceeding word. Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It's present truth. And Peter spoke about it in his epistle saying, as you are established in the present truth, alluding there would be more truth the closer we come to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the second advent, when he comes a second time without sin and salvation. So Proverbs 4 tells us that the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Well, the path is walking in the light as he is in the light. By doing that, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, well, he is that omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. So the ones that are in the present truth, in the preceding word of God, in a now faith, which is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, just as Jesus stated to the disciples, as he was going to Jerusalem, there to be crucified in Golgotha at Calvary. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you and tell you disciples. Yet many things. They've walked with him for three and a half years. Well, there is greater truth coming each year, each day that passes from hour to hour, a day, an hour, a month, and a year in the progressive glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we which are in the truth, walking in the light as he's in the light, 
see that, that we must proclaim this word to the little children. The little children are the next step above the babies, little the newborn babes that desire then sincere milk of the birth, they may grow thereby. That's the Elijah ministry. It's a restoration ministry, a restitution of all things. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution and restoration of all things, all things of faith, all truth. We see that in Acts 3, 20 and 21. There is a return, the second return of Jesus Christ that will so come in like manner as he ascended up to heaven, he shall also come again in like manner. And we know that. But before that coming, the heavens must receive him until the times of that restitution, restoration of all things and all things of truth. So therefore, we must constantly be pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Well, those that have gone from the newborn baby, they're unskillful in the word of righteousness, Hebrews 5. Then we go to that step of little children. Then John tells us in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake and you've known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father. They've had that revelation of Christ, that Christ is the Father, the Lord of glory. He is uh, God Almighty. Well, that's a higher revelation. But there's a ceiling there that after you've received uh, that word of truth, you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession, but it's progressive. So now those are little children. What the children of the kingdom will be cast out. We've got to come to full measure stature of Jesus Christ. So therefore that Malachi four takes on a meaning there. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. Now there's Moses and Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Why? because he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, not the minds, the hearts. You believe with Jesus, in Jesus, with the heart, in the spirit, not in intellectual consent, in intellectual knowledge, but in the heart, because the heart must be circumcised, and that's done by baptism. That's born of the water. You receive the Holy Ghost. That's born of the spirit, Acts 2.38. After you've repented, well, that starts the progressive glorification. Then after that, we grow from the newborn babes to the little children. But the little children, we do not stop there. Paul said, when I was a child, I understood as, understood as a child. I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. Those are children. Those are the ones that know that Jesus is the father. Greater revelation than most have, at least. They're not in a trinity, a false doctrine of, of a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. They've grown. They know that Jesus is the Father, revealed in a body of flesh, God manifest in the flesh, the mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16. But that is not full grown. There requires more ceilings, more growth in glory, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. That next step, from the children, they have to be taught that you have many teachers, you have many instructors, yet you have not many fathers. Paul said, I have forgotten you through the gospel. Now, it's not, it's not his word. It's not his revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus given to him through the Holy Ghost. He's not a disobedient to the heavenly vision. 
He is what he is by the grace of God. He never claimed it was his own. Even so, he said, even though he said my gospel, referring to him that the revelation of God had given to him. And an angel was uh, there to buffet him, lest he be exalted above measure. There was a, a messenger of Satan to buffet him due to the abundance of the revelations that he had received, lest he be exalted above measure. Well, there comes that next step. Now, the body of Christ in Revelation, the second and third chapter, is where we are now. I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. That is the overcomer that we see and read about. Every individual member in particular doing the will of God so God can fitly frame the body of Christ together and then compact it, seal it, whichever joint supplies to the edifying itself in love, growing up into him in all things uh, in the unity of the faith in one mind, one accord. That will be manifest in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. That's where we are now. And God is through his ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints are doing that now, proclaiming not a Pentecostal word. It's not Pentecost anymore. We have passed that season. It's definitely truth, but we have gone further, higher in glory than Pentecost. That's been two days or 2,000 years we've been in the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost. Now we're in a new season. To those that have an ear to hear, and we must proclaim that new season, that proceeding word of God in the present truth. And that is that we have grown to young men. Just as John said in his epistle, I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. The only way you know to do the will of God and to know uh, the will of God and do it, to be uh, meet for the master's use in faithfulness, in obedience unto righteousness is that the word of God is strong in you. You've sought God with all your heart, diligently seeking him. And Paul stated that. That's the only way we know the voice of God. That's the only way we know the will of God. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And we have many ministers that are still in the baby pool, so to speak. They cannot, they're, they're still on milk and not on strong meat. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand the growth unto the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ. You'll hear them say things like, well, what's the difference between a tithe and an offering under the old law? Well, of course, that was under the old law, but Jesus requires all completely sold out, except a man forsaketh all that he hath. He can't be, cannot be my disciple. That's what he told the rich young ruler. He came to him and said, Good master, what shall I do that I, that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do, I, why do you call me good? There's none good but one, that is God. But if you'll enter into life, keep the commandments. And he told him, You know, honor your mother and your father, uh, do not bear false witness, not lie, cheat, steal, etc. He said, All these I've kept for my youth up. What lack I yet? He was confident that in the law, that he had fulfilled all that was required of him from his youth up. But Jesus said one thing thou lackest. Lack? And he said, 
cell that thou hast. Now, he loved him. It states there that Jesus loved the man and stated, stated to him, cell that you have. Now, that's a profound statement. Jesus requires all. Someone said, how can I then live? If I sell all, I have wife, children. I have responsibilities. I have a business. I have a family to take care of. But there's a promise with that. Mark 10, he said, there's no man that has not left houses, lands, wives, sons, daughters, that shall not receive a hundredfold more in this lifetime. And that's with persecutions. We don't get away from that. And the life to come, life everlasting. Well, that takes faith. For a man to sell everything that he has and give alms, offerings, just as Jesus told the rich young ruler. And somebody said, well, that was a rich young ruler. That's a thing he lacked. But we negate to see in Luke 12, he said the same thing as a command to every follower of Jesus. Sell that you have. Why? Beware of covetousness. I had not known idolatry, save the law said, thou shalt not covet. He said, beware of covetousness. Covetousness is that the love of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. The world passes away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God, the works that accompany salvation, shall abide forever. Abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, abiding in the doctrine of Christ in full measure, not just the height, depth, but the length and the width of Christ in all things. For Christ is all, all the offices of the Spirit of God. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. He is the Lord Jehovah Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He's the Eloth of the Tav. He's every attribute of God. He is the Son of God, the Father revealed. He's the Son of Man, the Kingdom Office. It's Christ. is all in and all. Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. Then before when we abide in the doctrine of Christ, we understand that it's God himself that is orchestrated in and of himself salvation, justification, redemption, that in sanctification and ultimate glorification. It's all by him and him and through him alone, not two or three persons of the Godhead. So this is what God will do and reveal in judgments in the earth. For when judgments in the earth, men will learn this righteousness, which grace reigns through righteousness. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ that he alone is God. Give him the glory that's due to his name. Well, the children understand he's the father, but they don't understand the work. The will of God for each individual member that ministers according to the ability that God giveth, And that's by faith that he has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith is the ability to do what God has called each individual member to do. So now we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not doing our will. Jesus stated, if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself, your self-will. Pick up your cross and follow me. That's exactly what he told the rich young ruler. One thing thou lackest. Sell that you have. Give, uh, give it to the poor. Go pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah, he has an opportunity to be one of the 12, a disciple of Jesus. But he went away sorrowful. 
And Jesus said, How hardly shall those that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? How, how hard will it be? Disciples were flabbergasted. They were amazed and said, Who then can be saved? That seemed just preposterous that it could not be. Yet Jesus said, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And that's a sewing needle, not not the little gate in Jerusalem you have to bend down to go through. But that is the eye of a needle, which is impossible for a camel to go through. And Jesus said, with man, it is impossible. No way to do it. But with God, all things are possible. Well, the man went away sorrowful, for he had much goods. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. But the thing coming to selling all that a man has, sell that you have, for what reason? So you can be destitute, homeless? No. So that you can lay the slate clean and show your love for the Lord Jesus Christ and forsaking the world and all that's in it. Just as Paul said, I have suffered the loss of all things. All things of the world, not things of faith, but all things of the world. And do count them but dung, meant nothing to him. Just as Jesus said, except a man hate father, mother, sons, daughters, wives, children, and yea, your own life also, you cannot be my disciple. Now that seems hard to some people when we're supposed to love our neighbor to self, and yet he says, hey, well, in reference to doing his will, it means that he is the top priority and we have that love for him above all things. But we understand that he said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you, the things of the world. For the Lord knows you have need of these things. He says, consider the lilies of the valleys. They neither toil do they spend, Yet God has given them glory, and Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Yet God provides for him, which the day is and the bars cast into the oven. How much more shall he not clothe you, O ye a little faith? So what he's saying there, when a man provides treasures in the heaven, he sells all that he has. Now he just doesn't do it haphazardly. He does it at the leading of the Holy Ghost and knows in uh, what and whom he has believed and following the leading of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't just do it haphazardly, but he sells all that he has and provides for himself treasure in the heavens where moth and rust is not uh, corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. It's not given a tithe to God. The Lord in the New Testament, since the death, burial, and resurrection requires all. You'll find that in Acts of second and Acts of fourth chapter. The disciples of Jesus sold all and followed him. And God took care of them. That's his promise. Acts 2 and Acts 4, all that had possessions, lands, and possessions sold them, laid them at the apostles' feet. And they dealt to every man severally as he had need. The whole thrust was the kingdom of God going forth. Not of the world, but the kingdom of God. 
And that's what the ones in the last day work of the ministry will do. They did it in the former reign. They'll do it in the latter reign. Now, either we will obey God in doing that command, the Luke 12, sell that you have, or we will be as that rich young ruler. And sorry, can't do that. We have possessions. We have uh, responsibilities. We must take care of the family and uh, those that do not provide for their own household uh, and there has denied the faith and worse than an infidel, not believing and be- realizing that Jesus said that I will take care of you, clothe you, feed you, that he would do it. And not only that, Mark 10 promised a hundredfold more in this lifetime, houses, lands, uh, wives, sisters, brothers, in this lifetime with persecution and then the life to come life everlasting. But it's kind of scary to sell all that you have, give alms offerings and believe God will do it. You have to trust God. The ones in the last day work of the ministry will do that. And that bond of perfectness and charity will abound one toward another. They'll come to full age. Because Jesus told the rich young ruler, if thou will be perfect, if you will forsake the world and all that is in it, forsake it all that you have, then you will grow leaps and bounds in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, growing in grace and in favor of the Lord. At that point, the Lord deals with you as a perfect father fathers because you have denied and literally crucified the world unto yourself. And by doing so, you're then growing up in him in all things that that all truth are the fathers. And it's the fathers that will turn their hearts uh, to the children, to the fathers. They're children. They don't understand the work of God and the work of righteousness in the last days. They don't understand perfection, coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus. They don't understand the work of the ministry, that not only of Elijah, but that of Moses, in doing the final work of the ministry, they're unto perfection. They're the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, being that seed that will be counted for the generation of Jesus, the Christ generation. Though there still remains this glory for the people of God, the ones that heed and understand the leading of the Holy Ghost will do it and obey under righteousness, and they will, through faith, receive that hundredfold, just as he said in Mark 10. But we have to let go to let God. We can't hold on to the world and have him also. And that's the final. That is the proof of it. For a man to sell all that he has and provide for himself treasures in the heaven. It can be scary in the natural. To the world, it's craziness. It's foolish, but not to God. You have his attention then. He said, you now have treasures in the heavens where this moth and rust does not corrupt. Moth and rust does not corrupt. Neither do thieves break through and steal. You have an everlasting treasure there. And by doing so, Then, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. There will be a ministry, a ministration there given to you for the work of the ministry that's fitly framed together by the Lord Jesus himself in doing the will of God. 
Now, we're in that Revelation 2nd and 3rd chapter, doing the will of God in obedience to the word of God, hearing his voice. As Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door. I'll come in and sit with him and he with me. You'll become an overcomer. That overcomer is hearing the voice of God and doing it in obedience to the particular will of God in your life. And that has to be sought for. It's not a general faith. He's dealt to every man the measure of faith individually. According to the ability that God giveth for that individual believer to do the will of God as it's fitly framed together. Not all are called to be apostles. Not all are prophets. Not all are teachers. Not all are workers of miracles. Not all are governments or helps. But God has placed it in the body as it has pleased him. And he's put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that there'd be no chism or division in the body. So what are we saying? We're saying that we're not. It's not a tither offering. It's a sold out to those that are sincere with the Lord in the work of the ministry. They have forsaken the world and all that's in it, but they're still in the world. They're not of the world, but they're in the world. And these are the ones, as, as it was in the former reign, Acts the 8th chapter, you find that there abode at Jerusalem only the apostles. Well, where were the saints of God? Where was the church? Well, these are the ones in Acts 2 and Acts 4 that had sold all their possessions. Whatever they had lands, possessions, they sold them, laid them at the apostles' feet. Distribution was made to every man according to his need. So he that gathered much had nothing left over. He that gathered little had no lack. It was for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then, in so great a persecution and tribulation, the saints were scattered abroad, went everywhere, preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. To the point where they said, these that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. But we need to know the times and the seasons. We have to make sure that we're walking in the light as he's in the light. He uses two officers, and that is apostles and prophets, as, the, as Christ is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. Those two offices. Howbeit, the Holy Ghost is the one leading it all. It's not apostles or prophets doing it, it's Christ in them. And the Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit that we're following the leading of the Holy Ghost. So those that have an ear to hear, God is placing that body of Christ together right now. And they will be the young men that their word of God is strong in them. They're doing the will of God and they've overcome the wicked one. They've overcome the devil, the world, and their own flesh. They're doing the will of God, bringing their body in subjection to all unto uh, the word of God. They're bringing every imagination and to subjection to the will of God. Just as Paul said, I keep under my body and bringing it under subjection, dying daily that he might win Christ. And when I preach to others, I myself should not become a castaway. Even Paul himself, who wrote 14 books of the New Testament. So it's a very serious thing. When we talk about devotion, sanctification there, and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Well, we have to do it through the leading of the Holy Ghost. We don't just sell out and throw money everywhere. 
and say, here's the poor and a beggar on a street and you've done the will of God. No, of course not. But through the leading of the Holy Ghost, it promulgates, lifts up, edifies, and promotes the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ in all the world. And that hundredfold blessing goes with it. God will restore. He will again set a hundredfold more in this lifetime with persecutions. You don't ever get away from persecutions. And in the life to come, life everlasting. But that takes faith. As it was in that former reign, they did it. So will it be in the latter reign? Those that are moved on, that will be in that body of Christ, faithfully framed together, will be the ones in that sold out message. Now, I have a book called Sold Out. You can you can purchase that as an ebook there, the which will go for the furtherance of the gospel. Call Sold Out on sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, as well as dennisbeard.org. And when you see, it's not something you do haphazardly or half-heartedly, but it promotes, catapults you into a higher level in the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience. The more we obey the Lord, the more he rewards uh, simply through and because we are obedient unto him. We provoke one another into good works and we're rewarded. We are rewarded for that. And we're not under the law, you know, telling people that, well, uh, only 40% of the church world now even gives a tithe. And a tithe, that's not New Testament. An offering, not New Testament. It is sale that you have. Give alms, offerings. Provide for yourselves treasures in the heavens. It's the book of Acts, second and fifth chapter and the fourth chapter. The Lord said it, the disciples did it, and the church sanctioned it. And it's still the truth today. But we have to do it through the leading of the Holy Ghost. So if you have questions, please send us those questions and we'll be more than happy to answer them. If the Holy Ghost is bear witness with your spirit that this is the truth, we'd like to get to know you, meet you in the furtherance of this gospel. You can call me, leave a message there as the body of Christ is coming together, and we want to be a servant with you. The country code is 1 plus. 903 is the area code. 746-4885. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard. Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can visit us on the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings. Those that there that we're praying that God bless you, multiply that seed song, that you'll be able for every good work and supplying the wants of you, the saints of the living God. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.